Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Awesome. Well, praise God. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Welcome home. I hope you got a a cup of coffee. I need at least one more. That's not coffee. That's water. Um, But yeah, you know what? We work really hard to make it a come-as-you-are kind of atmosphere, but we believe that you are going to leave change for the better. How many of you could be honest with yourself? You'd much rather be better than bitter. Come on. Yeah, come on. How else are we going to live up in a down world? I'm going to tell you how with the Word of God. That's how we're going to live up in a down world. You know, it speaks life to us. It reveals things that are in our heart. And there's a message of truth today. There's a message of grace today, and there's also a message of hope today. Uh, but before we get there, I just want to let you know we're in part three of our parenting series, Back to Reality. And if some of you didn't get to hear this cute quote that is on my cup, you can't see it from where you're at, uh, but you're wondering, how does this whole series tie into like the whole Back to the Future thing? Well, I would like to quote Doc Brown, who said, It's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about your kids. Come on. So we want to invest in our young people. Whether you're a parent or not, you're in a position of influence. And you have an opportunity to influence this generation, the generation to come. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, would you please... Give it up for our speaker today, who who is also the lead pastor with me here at College Street, my wife, Pastor Charmaine Funk. All right, how's everybody today? Besides super energetic, I think I was like danced out of the room. (laughs) I was like, that was awesome. And you know what? It's just really funny. And Pastor Rudy and Pastor Steph, clearly you already probably knew this, but the song Egypt is directly leads into my message. Did you realize that? (laughs) That was beautiful. But um, we're going to get to the scripture in a minute. But where we are picking up in scripture today is in the book of Judges. And Judges comes right after the book of Joshua. And and um, what happens is, is, you know, the Israelites left Egypt and they went through the wilderness and they made it to the promised land. And then they forgot a couple of things along the way. And so we're going to learn from that and we're going to stay true to what we just sang with our whole hearts today, that we will not forget what God has done for us and we will live our lives accordingly. So how awesome to sing that anthem just on the way. But here we are, we're in, um, in Back to Reality week three, and I want to give a couple of disclaimers to start. I don't know why I feel I need to do this sometimes, but we've been talking about how, not limiting our young people, and we have a couple of teenagers in the house, and we have sure seen it with them with fresh eyes. Have you guys not, if you have teenagers here? Just like, no, I'm raising, I'm raising adults. I'm not raising kids, I'm raising adults, right? I'm... So just speaking life into them, speaking strength, speaking maturity. You know, I've, I have worked with children a lot in my work years. Um, and I have always noticed that the standard to which you, te- you treat someone is the standard to which 
they will rise. And so that's so true. It's so true. It's true for your kids. It's true for your relationships. Um, I want to just mention that we're not promoting that teenagers should have children. <laughs> they may be young men, but they shouldn't be having babies. <laughs> yeah. um, another thing, is, it's so funny. If you are on social media at all, um, you see every side of opinion and place where people are at. And, and you do, it's such a good opportunity to always check your, check your own heart about where, where you're looking at things and how you're looking at things and understanding that God's worried about. He's worried about my heart. He's not worried about how I feel about your heart. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to stand before God and talk about what was in my heart, right? So it's always a good, just a good reminder, just, no, you're not, we're not thinking about our neighbors. We're not thinking about um, anyone else's situation. We're thinking about our own situation. Sound good? This morning. So today I am going to be talking a little bit about parenting and a, li- a lot about some really amazing women, but this is for everybody. This message is for everybody. So put your hand on your heart and say, this is for me. Something that spoke to me this morning as I was getting ready is that that verse about the ground. Have you heard? I don't actually have it off the top of my head, but it's when the seed falls, some of it falls on good ground, some of it falls on rocky ground, and some the birds took away. And so this morning I want us to purpose in our heart that we're going to be good ground and we're going to let the word of God just go down and just have a minute to take root before we have an opinion about it, before we go for lunch, like just... Let the Holy Spirit speak to you through his word, what he wants to speak to you. Okay, can we commit to that today? Just let it, just let it um, do its thing <laughs> today. But here we are. So one of my favorite things about God is that in his word, he continually uses unlikely people to do unlikely things to bring about his glory. Today we are going to be mostly in Judges chapter 4. I'm going to read a pretty good portion in a bit, so get ready to sit back and take that in. But before we get there, I want to talk about Mama Bears and She-Hulks. All right? So now you should know that the size of a woman or her usual temperament is not to be underestimated. All right? It's always the little ones that'll that'll, uh, deal with business. (laughs) But anyways... But the same thing, you know, happens when a mama bear is is threatened by her cubs, right? Suddenly she looks a lot less cuddly. She's going to deal with business. (laughs) Isn't it true? Have you ever been, mamas or papas, (laughs) have you been in a situation where somebody's messed with your kids? What happens then? Or someone close to you? Somebody's going to get hurt real bad. But there's this sort of inner hulk that rises up and comes out when issues arise that need to be dealt with, don't they? I know even for myself, I'm, I'm not like a, I don't go looking for conflict or fights to pick. That's not my personality. Um, but you mess with, you mess with my people. Yeah. <laughs> the other day I was talking to Matt about a situation I was frustrated in and then like, and blah, blah. And he's like, you're a little intimidating when you're angry. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> And I was just telling him about it. I wasn't angry at him. Is there anyone in the room that's been watching She-Hulk so far? Come on, admit it. Yeah, 
Okay, if you haven't, I'm not necessarily promoting it or not, but I have been watching it. I haven't seen episode five, but I probably will this afternoon. <laughs> but honestly, it's, it's been, it been making my day. Like, I just am quite a bit enjoying it. But an important part of her story is that her real power is not in her anger and rage, is it? It's in her self-control. And I'm, I'm just in watching so far, I find there's so many preachable moments. We could do a little She-Hulk series. Maybe we will in Ladies or something. But, um, but there's this one scene where Jennifer Walter, she's her lawyer self, and she's getting home, and she's in an alley, of course, because all superhero shows have an alley scene where something happens, right? Okay, so she gets out of her car, and these four guys come with weapons. They had, like, gone to a, a store and bought the weapon pack um, to get her. <laughs> so... They, anyway, so they get her, and at first Jen's like, she's a little intimidated, and she's like, what am I going to do now? I'm a woman alone in an alley. Like, you can just kind of see what her process is, and all of a sudden she remembers that she is not helpless. She has more power within her. She's not out of control, but she's able to, sorry, baby. (laughs) She's able to access that power, and as a bonus, her skin becomes impenetrable. So it's true, she also kicks their butts and sends them running. But the aha moment is earlier. So she remembers she has a supernatural power to fight this fight and that the enemy's weapons are not even able to make her bleed. Yeah. Just let that sit for a minute. So we're going to hold that thought for a second. We're going to jump to Judges, chapter 4. So there's two she-hulks talked about in there, and I really feel that the Lord wants us to learn from them both today. So what's happening in the book of Judges, I kind of chatted about before. Yes, this is important. (laughs) Thank you, Ethan. So what's happening is Joshua, Joshua, who had led the tribes of Israel to be faithful in their covenant with God and to be example to the nations of the world, has now died. So they're in Canaan, they're in the promised land. But it relates moved in to Canaan, but instead of driving out all the Canaanites, they kind of just moved in and they started to adopt the culture and the religious practices that were not so good. So this is the time before Israel has a king and judges represented the type of leadership at the time. So they're a little bit more like military leaders. um, And so that just kind of gives you an idea of how things were governed. But basically the whole book of Judges is about Um, moral corruption and bad leadership so yeah but it's also supposed to be about hope (laughs) and generate hope for the future so what kept happening is the Israelites would keep getting into trouble and then they would plead for help and then the judges would come and they would defeat Israelites enemies and deliver Israel so here's here we're going so um, if you read through judges you'll find that chapters 3 4 and 5 are pretty graphic, but they're also pretty great. So, we're going to read from chapter 4. Okay. I'm not going to read. I'm going to read from here. But should be on the screen. Should be on your U version. Oh, it's so big. <laughs> Large print today. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. If I don't get every name right, I do apologize. There's a lot of them in, in Judges chapter 4. But after Ehud's death, the Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Hazor, a Canaanite king. 
the commander of his army was Sisera, he's important for later, who lived in Herosheth. Sisera, who had 900 iron chariots, ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. 20 years. Then the people of Israelite of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. I don't think I would have waited 20 years to ask the Lord for help. But Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet who was judging Israel at the same time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah. You will always remember now, Deborah the judge. <laughs> between Ramah and Bethel in the country hill of Ephraim. And the Israelites would go to her for judgment. One day she sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Naphtali. She said to him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor, and I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with chariots and warriors, to the Kishon River. There I will give you victory over him. Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. Very well, she replied. I will go with you, but you will receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. At Kadesh, Barak called together the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 warriors went up with him, and Deborah also went up with him. Now Heber the Kenite, a descendant of Moses' brother-in-law, Hobab, had moved away from the other members of his tribe and pitched his, pitched his tent by the bank of Zananim near Kadesh. All right, we're going to keep going. I'm going to stop soon for a little break. When Sisera was told that Barak had gone up to Mount Tabor, he called for 900 of his iron chariots and all of his warriors, and they marched to the river. Then Deborah said to Barak, get ready. This is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera, for the Lord is marching ahead of you. So Barak led his 10,000 warriors down the slopes of Mount Tabor into battle. When Barak attacked the Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and warriors into a panic, Sisera leapt down from his chariot and escaped on foot. Then Barak chased the chariots and the enemy army all the way to Hereshith Hagoim, killing all of Sisera's warriors, and not a single one was left alive. Okay, we're just going to stop for a minute. The story number one. So it does. So I thought it it was interesting. Deborah, I, I think she's beautiful. And even just reading a little bit more about her in my studying, who was Deborah? What was she about? It doesn't say that um, Deborah did the job that no man would do. She just was also chosen by God to do a very important job. And she had some very important characteristics. A little study of her, you find out that he, the biggest thing is that she was obedient to God. And she walked in confidence. So if God said something, she passed on the message. That was her job. That was her job, was to deliver the message. This is the will of the Lord for the Israelites. This is where you should go. So she was obedient, and she trusted that if God said, we're going to have victory, then we're going to have victory. We don't know, you know, why she said to Brack, the glory won't be yours. But my guess is just that he, he wasn't willing to just do what he's asked to do. You know, Brack, you know, maybe... If you think about it, he was smart enough to know that it was good to have Deborah with him. You know, a strong woman of God that really listens to God. That's awesome. 
So we don't know exactly. So we can't be judging everybody too much. But, but, it, but it's amazing to see if you jump ahead to Hebrews, and I don't have it in my notes, but it talks about Barak, whose weakness was turned to strength. So even though in his weakness, he was like, I'm not, I'm not going unless you go with me. God still, the victory was still there, right? And God used it. And that's something I, I often pray, especially when I'm like, God, I'm not totally sure what I'm supposed to do or what I'm supposed to say, but I want to be obedient. You know, I'm trusting that your power will be made perfect in my weakness and that you're going to show up for me. Like when I step forward in faith, not 100% sure that I've got it, but knowing that I've been asked to do it and knowing that God will meet me there, he does. And I mean, yeah, he's good that way. What is said about Deborah as well, that she... Yeah, she sat under her palm, and I just picture this, like, peaceful but super courageous woman. At the same time, it says she was a poet. She says she was a worshiper, and I just love that. And I'm going to get a little bit more into the worship side later because that is always a big part of how we do battle, isn't it? But let's jump to our story about our next story is about another woman, and her name is JL. Maybe you've heard of her. Verse 17. So everything's kind of not going so well for Sisera in this battle, and everyone's in a panic and all that. So Sisera runs to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because Heber's family was on friendly terms with King Jabin. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come into my tent, sir. Come in. Do not be afraid. So he went into her tent, and she covered him with a blankie. Please give me some water, he said. I'm thirsty. So she gave him some milk from a leather bag and covered him again. I was going to get you to come up, but I just feel like maybe no. (laughs) So she covers him. She's like, come on in. Yeah. (laughs) Come on in, warrior man. (laughs) And she covers have some more milk. It's just like, it's such a funny picture. So, at stand at the door of the tent, he told her, if anybody comes, ask, and ask you if there's anyone here, say no. So she's like, okay, go to sleep. <laughs> but when Sisera fell asleep from exhaustion, Jael quietly crept up to him with a hammer and a tempeg. Then she drove the tent peg through his temple into the ground, and so he died. Can you imagine this? I, it probably is in a children's book. It was like, come in. Here's the blankie. Go to sleep forever. <laughs> like, Don't underestimate those sweet mamas. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> that's right. Oh, that, that calm face is full of strength. So when Barak comes looking for Sisera, JL goes up to meet him and she says, come, I will show you the man you're looking for. So he followed her into the tent and found Sisera there lying dead with the tent pegged through his temple. And so on that day, Israel saw God defeat Jabin, the Canaanite king. And from that time on, Israel became stronger and stronger against King Jabin until they finally destroyed him. 
Let's give it up for the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So some points I want to just pull out from there that are kind of obvious, but God uses whoever he chooses. It's not up to man, whoever he chooses. God is looking for obedience. These are for you to write down yourself. They're not going to be up there. This is going back a little bit, but remember, don't choose comfort over calling. That's what happened. The Israelites moved into their promised land. That's where they've been heading for so long and they got there and what did they do they got comfortable this is a nice place to live my neighbors aren't so bad that party's actually pretty fun like what right we don't choose comfort over calling my last one is pick the fight when God says you know we always talk about or we very often talk about uh, picking the right fight with our spouses and today I want to talk about picking the right fight for our kids and and I know that this this particular story isn't directly about children but those victories were generational right it's about obedience you know going back to JL JL was was technically on Sisera's team I you know what I mean that's why he was Oh yeah, I'm, I feel safe. I can go in there. They're basically on the friendly side of Sisera. But God spoke to her and she obeyed. The opportunity came and she did it. And I know it's important that we don't jump to every fight we're attended, like we happen to be close to, especially as mamas, right? We know that with our littles, we know that you know, even there's, there's those certain things with, with uh, our kids and their friends that we can't, we can't solve it all. We got to let them grow. We got to let them be strong. But when God puts, puts something in front of us and says, this is, this is the fight to pick, then you just obey, right? I know for me, five kids is lots of opportunities to have those moments of like, oh, no, you didn't. And it's mostly directly directed at the enemy. You know, there's times when I get frustrated at people too. <laughs> you know, for me, that she-hulk or that mama bear rises up if my children are hurt or if they're sick. And I have learned, I was saying to a friend the other day, I have one child who, um, he, it just challenges me mentally every day because he's so smart. And he argues a little. <laughs> But I was saying that if there's anything that I've done right with that particular child, it's, it's, it's worship in those times. You know, this is the child I've also spent the most time in hospital with. And he know, we know how to worship. He knows how to worship, you know. And, and, um, and it just so is our weapon. And I was thinking about maybe I was going to sing for a second, but I was like already crying thinking about it. So I'm not going to, maybe. <laughs> but I, about two years back, we did... Um, like a version of 10,000 Reasons and, uh, and uh, Pastor Rudy sang it and Pastor Matt uh, um, did like a spoken word to Psalm 91 and I'm probably going to post it later but it's just like that's, that's my war cry for my kids you know and, and there are times there are times when I call the school and I say this is unacceptable when, especially when God says 
you need to speak now. There's times for that, but there's a lot of times for worship and there's a lot of times for warfare. You know, and last week we sang the blessing and it was like on the way to church that I got a text from another parent. Did you hear about this or blah, blah, blah. Just one of those things. And I often, you know, we're careful to not look at our phones too much on Sunday because that can just be silly. It can be a distraction. But you know what? The blessing was my warfare cry for my kids. They're my family and their children and their children. You know, we would protect them. That he goes before them, behind them, beside them, all around them. You know, I can mama bear, but I can't be everywhere. But God can. You know, we're going to have, we know we're going to have struggles. We're going to have times we don't know what to do. Times when our kids, like Pastor Matt said last week, you know, they're going to have influences and they're going to have challenges and they're going to have, learn new things, you know, and those are, that's the good and that's the scary. But our struggles can become strength and their struggles can become strength, right? When you choose that right fight for our kids' sake and choosing again to worship. Just worship the God that's above it all, that's got them. You know, we, we get to steward this part of our children's lives. But they don't belong to us. And we don't love them as much <laughs> as God does. You know, he sees, he sees the whole thing. Um, we, our Pastor Matt actually had time to pray with Rex this week. I hope I can share this. That's okay. But it was after we had decided what we were going to talk about but he's just praying and he one of the things he said in his prayer was a, a calling for the Debras to rise up and I was just like oh wow you know I'm like what does that mean what does that mean people who are obedient people who are worshipers people who are direct you know trust that God is going to do what he says he's going to do and that's an anointing that's not that's not just for women that's an anointing he's calling for that that um, to come up and to judge things correctly and to hear the word of the Lord and hear the will of the Lord and act accordingly. So even as we go, we're going to kind of wrap up soon, but I just really, I, I feel that that is the word for today is that this is a new level of growth as a parent and it goes beyond human wisdom. It goes beyond your three steps and it goes to listening, listening to the word of God, listening to the voice of the Lord above any other um, if you're here today in the house and you're like, well, I don't know, I don't have a relationship with the Lord, I just encourage you to make today your day. Because the thing is, we all want to be good. We want to do good and we want our kids to be good. But you got to understand that without Jesus, we're a slave to sin. We're not able to measure up without the grace of God. And so if you're here in the house today and you want to do that today, we're going to say a prayer. And I'm not going to call you out or ask you to stand up. We're all going to pray together and just say, invite Jesus into our life to be Lord of our life, to direct our steps and to help us with those closest to us, whether it's our children, whether it's somebody else's children that, you know, we're a part, you're a part of their lives or, or in whatever, whoever you have influence over, that's parenting. I'm going to get you to stand up with me if you don't mind. We're just going to pray, asking God um, just to, to come to this moment, but also if you want him to come into your heart today, do so with your whole heart. So I'm going to pray 
first, and then I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. All right. So, dear Lord, I confess that I need you in my life. I know that I can't do it on my own. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God sent here to die for me. I thank you that he also rose again so that I can have new life and walk with him. Please come into my heart today. Be Lord over my life. I choose today to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just keep your eyes closed for a second. Just want to pray. Just, I just want to pray. So I'm going to. God, I just thank you just for the atmosphere in the room. I thank you, God, that you are calling us all just to a higher standard. We thank you, God, that the times are urgent and important. We pray, God, for your divine wisdom every single day with the people that are in our lives, whether they're under our care whether we work with them or they're our children. We thank you for the awesome responsibility. And we thank you that your grace is enough for it and your grace is with us. I thank you, God, for helping us to choose that, to walk in your grace and listen for your voice every single day. We thank you, God, that you are raising up a strong church, God, full of moms and dads that are are walking forward on purpose for a purpose. And we just bless your name and thank you for this time together today in Jesus' name. Amen. And keep your eyes closed still. I know so many instructions, but if you are here in the house today and anything that I said spoke to you directly, would you just give me a wave? Thank you, Jesus. And if you're here today and you invited Jesus into your life to help you and to be Lord of your life, could you also just give me a wave? Everyone else's eyes are closed. Awesome. So good. Today's a brand new day. So good. We are going to just go into some worship. We're going to sing about the goodness of God. We're not going to be a people that forgets, right? I want you to do that with your whole heart. And at the same time, in this house, we give an opportunity for baptism every service, believing that that's a first step in our discipleship walk, is to invite Jesus into our life and be baptized. And when baptism means really to say goodbye to the old self, when Jesus came to earth and he died on the cross for our sins, it's symbolizing that our sin is dead and we are raised to new life in Christ. And it doesn't mean that we'll never struggle or we'll never come again, up against sin or making a mistake. But sin doesn't have authority over, over us. We're not a slave to sin. We can, we can say, God, I'm sorry. God, I need your help. And in his grace, we can walk forward. Yeah. So.
Yeah, that's right. As we, as we worship, my husband and I are going to be over here. And if you want to be baptized at any time, you come down at any time. If you wanted to wait until a few people are gone at the end, you can do that too. But I don't know why you would wait. Just come on down. <laughs> but So we're going to do that. But we're just going to worship. We're going to say thank you, God. You're so good. Sound good? All right. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.